Now I want you to look at uh, the book of Joshua, chapter 6, where God tells the people of Israel who had come out of Egypt and uh, under Moses and uh, over a 40-year period and uh, the, the generation that came out died in the wilderness. These are actually their children going into the land of Canaan. They crossed the Jordan River and now they stand uh, before Jericho, a huge stronghold right at the entrance to the land of Canaan. But God tells them how to take the walls and the city of Jericho. He tells them in verse 7 that they are, he said to the people, go forward. Kind of the theme that I want to share with you this morning, go forward. And as he as they look at the walls of Jericho, going forward seemed intimidating. And maybe it is for you all personally. Maybe you have some personal issues. Maybe you have uh, physical issues or financial issues. Um, maybe you have marital issues. Uh, maybe you're worried about the government. Maybe you're worried about the Democrats or the Republicans. Both can be causes of chaos. But I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's different for all of us, but we do know that we're going to need God this coming year. And we're going to need answered prayers. We were never designed to live without miracles and God's intervention. So as we look at this on how to go forward on this first year of the new, or this first Sunday of the new year, he gives an interesting, he gives interesting instructions on how to go forward. He says, for example, in verse 4, the Lord spoke to Joshua, and he says in verse 4, seven priests are to bear seven trumpets or ram's horns before the ark on the seventh day, and you're to march around the city seven times, and the priest will blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people will shout with a great shout, and the walls of the city will fall down flat, and the people will go up straight ahead, each one. It seems a little bit strange military procedure. Um, and I, I want to, as Christians, we go forward, we handle problems and deal with obstacles different from the world. So let's look at this issue this morning. And, and let me just begin by pointing out um, the common characteristic of this year is going to be that we're all going to have some problems, high walls to overcome. There's two things you don't want to do. You don't want to misinterpret problems. For example, if you have a big issue, a big problem, an obstacle we tend to think that uh, God's not with us. God and problems don't go together. If you have God, you, don't, you have a problem-free life. Not if you go forward. If you go forward, you run into these big walls. So be careful that you don't misinterpret. I know when we bought this land uh, uh, and we ran into some uh, logistical issues and zoning issues and 
one of the uh, guys said to me, uh, this is 10 years ago, he said, must not have been God's will. Well, just because you have, you run into hard, difficult issues to resolve doesn't mean you're not in God's will. Remember that Jesus was in God's will when he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane and the issue was so intense, he sweat great drops of blood and said, Lord, let this cup pass from me. But he was never more in the will of God than in that moment. So don't misinterpret problems. The other thing is don't exaggerate them. Where there's a tendency to exaggerate them. I was going to give you this verse. Um, this comes from uh, Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 28, where the previous generation had sent in spies into the land of Canaan. So they go in, look it over, they see these walls. And here's what they said. This is Deuteronomy 128. uh, Moses said, Our brothers have discouraged our hearts, saying the people are greater and taller than we are, and the cities are huge, and the walls reach all the way to heaven. (laughs) Now, I'm sure there were tall walls. But I doubt if they reached all the way to heaven. But that's what the unbelieving generation preceding them said. Oh man, that's insurmountable. Those walls, look at them. They go all the way to heaven. Um, There's a tendency to take a problem and exaggerate it. Or to take bad news and enhance it. Here's what Paul said. About, he worried about his churches, and he'd get reports all the time about churches. Uh, the church at Corinth, in particular, and here's the, this helped me years ago, and I still go by it uh, a lot of times. First uh, Corinthians eleven eighteen, Paul's approach to problems in churches was this: first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear there's all these divisions among you. I partly believe it. I would handle negative comments and the description of uh, great problems uh, with a filter. Uh, People tend to uh, exaggerate bad news and even dramatize it. So I, I... Like Paul, if you hear something negative, I'd partly believe it. We tend to partly believe the good news and more fully believe the bad. I'd do the opposite. Hebrews 11 verse 30 says, By faith the walls of Jericho fail. And that's the way we will go forward. That's the way we will face the walls. That's the way we will face the issues that seem insurmountable, whether it's personal or church or family, financial or physical. Hebrews 11.30, by faith the walls fell down. By faith they went forward in spite of the problems. That's what that's saying. So what does it mean to go forward in faith? How do we do that? Let me give you four things as I was looking at this passage 
I think it means these four things at least. It means, first of all, we go, to go forward in faith means that we believe God will take care of us. Look at verse 5. It says, when they made these long blasts with the ram's horn, you hear the sound, then all the people will shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat. Now, this, he adds this Hebrew word. He could have said, if when you, when you, on the seventh day, when you shout, the walls will fall down. But he adds a word, flat. The Hebrew word is takath. And it's, uh, it's used, <clears throat> just to show you a close place, it's used in Joshua 5, 8, when it says that the people, after they'd crossed over the Jordan, it says that they remained in their place, takath, same word. So that the idea is the walls fell down in the place. They didn't scatter, they didn't explode, they imploded. Now the reason for that is the people of Israel are walking around those walls and he doesn't want the people of Israel to be damaged or harmed by falling boulders and stones and bricks. So in order to protect his people, he made them fall in their place. You've seen those buildings that they, uh, they set these charges, you know, uh, in strategic places, and the building doesn't explode, it implodes. It comes down. The reason for that is you're protecting other structures and people, and you don't want collateral damage. This is what God did. And you need to know that as you look at the problem, he doesn't say you're not going to have walls or problems or obstacles. He says that he'll resolve them in a way in which you won't be harmed. I give you power, Luke 10, 17, over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. Amen. So I jot that down somewhere, Luke 10, 17. So the first thing, to go forward in faith means I'm going to trust God that he is going to take care of me, that every brick coming my way has a place and that God has given that brick a place and it's not on top of my head. Amen. Here's a second thing going forward in faith means. It means that we trust God's power, not our own abilities. Look at verse 7. And he said to the people... Go forward, march around the city, and let the armed men pass on before the ark. Armed men. These, these Israeli soldiers had big weapons. Bows and arrows, swords that were three foot long. They were ready for battle. They did not pull down the wall. God pulled down the wall. 
He said, you guys just get in line along with the priests. And he didn't say raise your sword and the walls will fall down. He didn't say shoot your arrows. He didn't say throw up your scaffolding and take the, tear it down. He said, when the priests blow the horn and shout the victory, the walls will fall. He bypassed the powerful soldiers of the army. Years ago, we, when we first started, and we were trying to get a loan to put up this building, this is about 10 years ago, I had some advice. They said, what you want to do is pick the guys in the congregation to advise you who have the most business expertise because they'll help you make the right decisions. And I was thinking about it, and I'd pray about it, and I could not get peace from God. He said, no, it's like... So I picked a couple of people who didn't have any more expertise than I did. We were a bunch of little children. We We were lambs among wolves, but it got done. I think... God protected me from experts who would have relied on their expertise. Sometimes God says, look, I don't want you to trust your talent. Yes, I'm giving you talent. And at some point you will use that talent. I don't want you to trust your treasure. Yes, I give you treasure. And at some point you're going to spend it. And I don't, I don't want you to trust in your abilities, your skills, your strength, your power. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That's the way you'll go into 2000. Is it 2016? I about forgot. The new year, the new year. Here is what the Apostle Paul said, and I think this is what he meant. 2 Corinthians 10, 3. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war according or by means of the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, but they are mighty to pulling down strongholds. They have divine power to pull down a stronghold. They're not fleshly weapons, It's not how intelligent, how educated, how skilled, but it's the power of God. God comes and in faith, when you have faith, that's a weapon. When you use the scriptures and his promises, the sword of the spirit, that's a weapon. When you trust in the blood for righteousness, that's a weapon. And those things you bring against the walls. So it means that we trust in God's power and in God's promises, not our own abilities. And I did want to add this one thing to it I think is is important here. What's the significance of the ram's horn? Why did God say, here's the way the walls are going to come down. Blow the ram's horn. Uh, Do we have Genesis 22, 13? Look, Look at this. This is where God called Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. And just before he sacrificed him, it says, Abraham, I do not want you to sacrifice your son Isaac. It was just a test. But here's what I have. I have a ram caught in a thicket by the horns. If you look at that, here's the sacrifice in the place of his son. By the horns the thorns 
wrapped around his head. Remember that? That is a picture of what? Jesus Christ coming and dying in our place, wearing the crown of thorns. Instead of us, he died for us. Now, so he says, I want you to take the sacrifice and I want you to take the horn, form it into an, a literal horn and blow it. The Jews do this today. On a, it's called the shofar and they blow it when there's a, uh, the new year. And he says, when you blow this at the seven times, you put these things together and it's like the horns are the power The blowing is the publication or proclamation of what? The sacrifice. So you're you're proclaiming in power, the horns, the sacrifice, which is what? The gospel. We're proclaiming the gospel. That's the symbolism of these ram's horns. We stand before the enemy, and what do we rely on? You know what we do? We just preach the gospel. We stay with the simple sacrifice of God's Son in our place. And Paul said, the, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God to salvation. And when they did that, the walls came down. And by the way, the seven days indicates a new creation. Because God created the world in seven days. So he said, I want you to do it for seven days. So the proclamation of the sacrifice on our behalf gives a new creation. And that means the enemy's strongholds collapse. I think that's the symbolism of it. Can I get a witness on that? Are you with me? So that's how we face 2016. Proclaim the gospel as our priority. Amen. Here's a third way we go forward. We go forward in faith by guarding our conversation. Look at verse 10. And Joshua commanded the people, do not shout and do not make your voice heard and neither shall any word go out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout, then you shout. Now that's interesting, isn't it? To go forward in faith meant they were to be quiet till God told them to speak. I think there are two reasons for this. Uh, One is, those people up on the wall, I'm sure, were not happy. And they yelled down curses and uh, insults. And Joshua said... I don't want you talking to those people on the wall. I don't want you to get in to arguments with them. You know, you're marching around the wall and they're yelling down there, oh, it's you again? Oh, please don't blow the trumpet. Oh, I'm so scared. So all these insults and ridicule, it's going to get to them. He said, don't talk to them. Your job is not to be angry with the enemy. So don't get into foolish, controversial arguments. Here's what 
<clears throat> James said. Because see, it's easy to get angry with the world that we're trying to pull down strongholds from. Anger won't solve your problem. It usually makes it worse. So here's what James says. James 1, 19 and 20. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness God requires. So we can get so angry at the world and the direction it's going. So angry at the government. So angry at Planned Parenthood. So angry at the homosexuals. And we forget our job is to blow the horn. Amen. Not get in arguments with them. 2 Timothy 2.23, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know they just breed more quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone. (laughs) Amen. Amen. But I say there's two reasons. The people on the wall, he wants them to be quiet because he don't want them getting in arguments with the people on the wall. He also doesn't want them to be discouraging to the people they're marching with. You know how they did in the previous generation. I'm tired of this manna. Where are we going to get water? I want some meat to eat. I want to go back to Egypt. I miss the onions and the garlic. Murmuring constantly. So God said, okay, now you're going, I'm going to give you an assignment. And part of that assignment is I want you to guard your mouth. You've got to be distinct from the unbelieving generation. So he doesn't want them to discourage each other. You can imagine they get up in the morning. What are we going to do today? Well, I'm guessing we're going to do the same old thing that we did yesterday. And the same old thing we did the day before that. Because remember... The people did not know that God told Joshua. See, the Lord told Joshua that on the seventh day, shout and the walls will fall in. He didn't tell the people. And Joshua didn't tell the people. I read it to make sure a couple of times. The people didn't know but that they were going to be marching around the walls of Jericho for seven months. They were just doing what Joshua told them to do. Only Joshua was told the walls will fall on the seventh day. So you can imagine what kind of conversations they would have had. I've got these swords, man, I've got these skills, I got, and, I, and I'm just told to walk. And the enemy's up there mocking us every day. So be careful with your conversation so you don't get in arguments with the world or get discouraging to the church. He wants us, he doesn't want us angry or discouraged, angry with the world or discouraged by each other. So going forward in faith means we be careful with our conversation. One final thing. To go forward in faith means that we should persist in the face of the routine. And the monotonous. You ever go to church 
And it's like, oh man, this could be boring. Do you think those guys were bored? Walking, walking seven times a long way around that city. We got to do it seven times a day. What do we do tomorrow? Same thing. Really? You know what? You know what I see here in front of me? That looks like a rut. (laughs) This is a rut. So you come to church, it's like we'll do the same thing. This could be a rut. This could be boring. This is routine. This is monotonous. Worship God, even if it's routine. Keep that routine. That's a routine worth hallowing and sanctifying. And so they persisted. I I wrote this down. I, I thought about this. What is the definition of insanity? (laughs) isn't it doing the same thing every time and expecting a different result? Can you imagine those people on the wall and some of those thoughts among the people on the ground, they were thinking, this is insane. (laughs) Because we're doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Walk around the wall, blow the trumpets. Next day, walk around the wall, blow the trumpets. Pretty much don't need a program for this. We've learned it. What Joshua says, if you want to go in faith, remember Hebrews 11.30, by faith the walls of Jericho fell. Not by excitement, not by people dancing in the aisles. Actually, we don't have aisles, but you get the point. Not by turning uh, flips and... Goosebumps running up and down your spine, but by faith the walls of Jericho fell. Luke 5 8, I think, says the same thing. The disciples had been fishing all night and they saw Jesus on the shore. They're tired, their effort was fruitless. And they're getting ready to bring empty nets to the shore. And Jesus says, well, guys, throw the nets on the right side. Well, they knew how to fish. They were fishing at night, best times, and they knew the places. They'd been there years. They were expert fishermen. And Peter, having the boldness to speak up, said, Lord, we fished all night. We caught nothing. Nonetheless, at your word, because you want me to do it, we'll cast the nets. So they did it again. And they caught fish so many that it took all the disciples to pull it to shore. A monotonous night of effortless work, but climaxed with a glorious harvest. Now, So I want you to know, you do the routine. Do it because it's the right thing to do. And God will give you the collapse of the stronghold. He'll give you the the catch of fish. He'll give you the final harvest at His will and in His timing, when it pleases Him. You just do 
the right routine. Let him take care of the success of it. That's the way it is per, in your personal life too. So Hebrews eleven six says, Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Whoever draws near to God must believe he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So therefore, let us go forward into this year. Let's go forward in faith. In spite of struggle or walls or obstacles, let's go forward trusting God to take care of us. Let us go forward guarding our conversations. Let's go forward in the face of the monotonous. And in this way, we will not only please God, but at some point we will see strongholds collapse. Amen. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we praise you for this wonderful uh, story and for your lessons for us. And we pray that you will inspire our hearts through your word to go forward in faith in the 2016. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Amen.